Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with spring break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Ross Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented as always by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. You guys know this five teams, seven years. Thank goodness, because without that, pretty confident, wouldn't have been able to get all the broadcasting gigs, such as the television games for CBS and the radio games for Westwood One. Such a cool experience being on the sideline for the AFC Championship game yesterday, and then after the game interviewing Legereus Sneed as he's bawling right after the game and then getting a chance to interview Coach Reed as well as Patrick Mahomes. Something super special about being around people when they're in the midst of one of the best moments of their life. Although the Chiefs have a lot of those moments in their lives. It's unbelievable. We will get into that. Check me out on social, please. At Ross Tucker NFL. A lot of good pictures and press box food from my social media yesterday, whether it's Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, at Ross Tucker NFL. Of course, the network is at Ross Tucker Pod. That's how you first know when the shows are posted, when the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, which we recorded late last night, is live, all of that stuff. The star of this show, none other than Emery Hunt. I'm a huge fan. You know, I can't wait till everybody knows who he is because I've noticed even in the last year, a lot more people because of all the CBS Sports HQ stuff. And I mean, right now he's doing the show from a hotel room. And where are you, Emory, Florida? Frisco, Texas at the Shrine Game. Okay, Frisco, Texas at the Shrine Game. And we're recording a little bit earlier than we normally do because Emory's going to hop on a plane, go right to the Senior Bowl because he is boots on the ground everywhere don't ever let anybody tell you that anybody has boots on the ground like emory it's why he has the respect of everybody because he puts in the time he puts in the work you actually emory i don't know if you know do you know mike mayock at all yes i don't I, i've met mike i know his daughter because he used to book me for sirius xm 
Got it. Because I, I had Mike on last week, and you guys would just be like fast friends because you were very similar. What's that? That was a great episode. I love that episode, by the way. I watched that from start to finish. Oh, thanks. By the way, this is funny. You know, this is something maybe we can get into in the offseason, Emery. Like, he would never say this because he's not this type of person. But I remember when they were drafting some of those guys and signing some of those guys, I was like, man, I've known Mayock for a while. Damon Arnett? Really? Like, really? And then you hear stuff from other people behind the scenes. And, like, Raiders fans don't realize that Gruden had final say. Mm. You know? And Gruden's a lot more willing to take chances on guys like that than I think Mayock ever would have been. But he's a, you know, he's a team guy, and he would never say that. And you can't say that if you're the GM. That's why it's really important, by the way, when we talk about scouting lessons and all this stuff, really important that you know who has the final say in these organizations because the reality is, you know, whoever has the final say, like, that, that's what matters. Like, that's, that's who ultimately gets picked. Check him out on social media. He's at FBall Game Plan on Twitter. He's got a really popular YouTube page, Football Game Plan, on YouTube. And then, of course, you guys know how I feel about the draft guide. This is the time to buy it. I've told you before, it's a great way to be the sponsor confirmation email winner on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and I will send you a signed press pass. I said it this week, westshorehome.com slash Ross, or get a story for a loved one at myfrontpagestory.com, or get the draft guide, footballgameplan.com slash 2024 draft guide. Emery, obviously we're going to talk about the Shrine Bowl practices we're going to talk about a little bit of a senior bowl preview, but while it's fresh in our mind, I did want to get your thoughts and I'll offer up some of mine into just things that jumped out to me from the playoff games that we saw yesterday, conference championship. I'll let you start because you always have a bunch of thoughts. Uh, firstly, and I hate to be this guy, but firstly, referees. They have to be better. That Baltimore game was was kind of questionable in terms of some of the personal foul calls with how stuff had, had played out. I felt like personal foul-wise, they got a lot of the things they got right. You know, the clowny hit, obviously the, fate, the uh, hands to the face by Travis Jones, that was clear and evident. But the taunting in that particular moment when the guy clearly is holding longer than he should have his ankle, you know what I'm saying? Like that should have been let go. The Kyle Van Noy person about probably should have been let go or thrown it on both teams because there's a lot of jawing back and forth. I get it. I just felt like the refs didn't do a great job in being even kill on some of these personal foul over aggressiveness penalties. And that's number one. But number two, and this is the biggest takeaway from the Ravens game and also from the Lions game. Coaching matters. Situational football matters. The Ravens, I'm not mad the Ravens lost the game. What really bothers me about that loss is that if they lost that game by playing the way they played all season, I would have no problem with Kansas City moving on to the Super Bowl. You're like, you know, tip your cap, KC's the best team. They beat them fair in you know, fair and square and how the Ravens went out there and played all season. But to go out there with the number one rushing offense against a team that gave up 186 yards rushing last uh, last week, and you have the number one rushing offense, and they're banged up on the defensive line, especially after halftime, 
you have a Gus Edwards out there that averaged 6.7 yards a carry, had a 15-yard run, and you run the football to your running backs six times. And three of them went to Justice Hill, who's getting stopped at the line of scrimmage every time. Every time he runs, you hold your breath and hope he doesn't fumble or hope he's able to maintain his balance and get positive yards. But for Todd Munkin to not run the ball and for John Harbaugh to not make an executive decision and say, hey, we got to run the ball here. And even for Lamar Jackson, be like, you know what? I'm abandoning ship. I am just going to take off and run. Or we're going to autobot all of these pass plays and run this doggone football because we have to maintain control in this game. And those quick three and outs were killing the Ravens. So I got reactions to both those. First of all, in general, I agree with you about the officiating. And in particular, I mean, I thought they had some bad calls. I, I didn't like the hold on Trey Smith on the Rasheed Rice touchdown end of the first half on a screen pass to just kind of throw the guy by you. Uh, I thought they missed, at worst, an illegal contact when Isaiah likely converted his route late in the game and got hit by Reed before they had to kick the field goal to Justin Tucker. I think it was Justin Reed. That was blatant contact. It's either pass interference or illegal contact. You cannot, they fooled him. It was a stop and go, and the DB hit him. That's a penalty. And I don't know if they thought Lamar threw it away or they ruled it uncatchable. I actually disagree with you, and this is the thing about Emery and I, we can disagree without being disagreeable. You know, I try as a former player, and I know you were as well, to take as much personal responsibility and accountability as possible. And Van Noy's been around too long to put that in the officials' hands. Like, they were going back and forth. They were jawing back and forth. He came from distance, and he initiated pretty decent contact, I would say, on Kelsey. And what we were always told, or what the refs say to you is, if you're coming in to be a peacemaker, they're not going to flag you. But if you come in and escalate the situation, then they are going to flag. Because it was just jawing, and then Van Noy came in, and that was enough of a shot. that it And the ref that was right there threw it. And then the Zay Flowers thing, you know, maybe they didn't emphasize. Like last year, was the was it last year or two years ago where they really went hard on the taunting? Two years I can't ago. remember it was last yeah, year or two, two years, years ago. ago. So Zay was in college for that. And to me, that goes back to your coaching point. Because maybe Harbaugh didn't emphasize it enough. But they will tell you, if you spin a ball at the guy, that, like they're going to call it. Like they, If it's clearly directed towards someone, and I agree with you about Snead holding on to his leg too long. Now I'll say this, unbelievable play by Snead. There was a lot of room there. Like, and that's Zay Flowers in the open field. That was a really good tackle by Snead. I don't know why he held on to his leg so long. And, and Flowers wasn't happy about it and got up and stared at him, which was like the start of it. But then they got him with the spin. Like, to me, those are just little stupid things that, like, you, you, like, you can't have it. You, you, it, it. The margins are so close. And you're right about coaching. I mean, you know, I thought early on, Andy Reid was way ahead of Mike McDonald. Now, Mahomes made some ridiculous plays, and so did Kelsey. Like, in fairness, like, they made some ridiculous throws and catches, those first two drives. But, man, it felt like Andy Reid was a, a step ahead of Mike McDonald on those first two drives. And 
you can't let Kelsey have like nine catches on the first two, whatever the number was in the first quarter. Like that's the guy you have to take away. So that was like, I'm with you on coaching and the Munkin thing. I talked to him for a while before the game. I really like him. I think he's a really good coach. I thought I, that was disappointing. I have no idea why on short yardage, they elected to go from the gun with Justin Hill so he could get his you-know-what blown up. It was like, I'm convinced coaches outthink themselves, and it was like, well, it's third and short, so if we have Gus Edwards in there, they're going to think we're running, so let's instead go with Justice Hill so they think we're passing, but then we'll run it with, no, 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 no. Just run it with Lamar Jackson or Gus Edwards, please. Like, have a design quarterback run or Gus Edwards. And then conversely, there was at least one or two third and ones where they threw it. And instead, Lamar gets tackled for like a four-yard loss. Now, they're lucky because they went for a fourth down and they got it. But I'm with you on the coaching. I didn't have a huge issue with Dan Campbell not kicking the field goals, uh, except for the fact that not all – go for it, or field goal decisions are created equal. And I might get an analytics guy, Emery, on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast this week to talk about this. Because to me, like, okay, let's say you're up by um, 10. Well, going up 13 versus going up 17, big difference. Right. I'd probably go for it on fourth down there. Correct. But if you're up 14. Three possessions. Going up by a field goal, three possessions, that changes the whole complexion of the game. Like, that's a different deal. Or even later, when it's 27-24, I get it. Like, I get it. That's who you are, aggressive. But again, it's not like you're down six and a field goal doesn't do it. Like, a field goal ties the game at that point. I don't think all fourth down decisions should be uh, all about the down and distance and where you are on the field. You have to take into account the time on the clock to score, like, a lot of different factors. You also, Emery, need to make sure when you don't know what to order, you don't order anything. When you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno classic crust pizza can bring home a W because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. You know how I roll. I wash it down with some Labatt Blue Light. I said this on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Pour one out for the Ravens and Lions fans. That was rough. Except don't pour it out. Just pour it in your mouth. Labatt Blue Light. It's delicious. Going to crush some next weekend. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA. Buffalo, New York. All right, a couple I had, Emery. And what's funny, it's funny because I had Coaching Matters a great deal as well as one of mine. You stole one of mine. But some other things, and I swear we might talk about these every year. Depth matters a lot. And nobody ever talks about depth. They only talk about the starters. I'll give you an example. The Chiefs, Brett Veach, who's easily a top five GM, right? They signed Drew Tranquil this offseason to a pretty good contract to be a backup, Emery. They had Bolton. They had Willie Gay. They had Leo Chanel. Well, then what happens 
when Bolton missed some games. Tranquil plays and plays really well. What happens the last couple games when Willie Gay can play? Tranquil plays, plays really, really well. That's the difference between having like a starter who's good and you know can make plays and like a backup six-round pick who's on special teams who might cost you the game. So depth, Matt, and even like at left guard, Allegretti got beat once for a sack by Matabike. Okay, they won the game. He held his own. Nick Allegretti, he's like I was, right? Like, doesn't look real pretty. I'm not, I'm not talking about my face. I'm talking about like my body when I played. Doesn't look real pretty. Um, short arms, not the best athlete. Smart, tough, helps you get the job done. Loved it. Um, loved the, the depth. The other one for me, Emery, corners, man. Corners. We talked about this. I know we talked about this last year. Legereus Sneed from Louisiana Tech. You got to pull up your report on him at some point. Has he gotten paid yet, by the way? Because if he hasn't, he's going to get a crazy contract. He is awesome. I mean, those plays he made, his man-to-man coverage, and then Jalen Watson on the other side, your guy Josh Williams when they put him in, you know, I don't even know. Like, these are not first-round corners. Uh, McDuffie was, and McDuffie's really good. But these other guys that Veach has found, they can play. And you don't have to take guys. Remember this, by the way. When Emory and I are doing this over the next few weeks and leading up to the draft, everybody else will only be talking about first-rounders and second-rounders. Emory will be talking about the later-round picks. Those are the guys that go a long way towards helping you win Super Bowls. They have found a bunch of corners that can play, Emory. I'll tell you this, Ross, and this is a luxurious neat story that I have. Um, so I went out to Marshall versus Louisiana Tech in Huntington. And I had I was going to go to that game. Then I was going to make my way to – that game was on a Wednesday night. Then I was going to drive from Huntington to Pittsburgh to do the Pitt-North Carolina game on Thursday. And then I had uh, a game I was calling – in D.C., Georgetown, on Saturday. So I was going from Huntington to uh, Pittsburgh to D.C. So I get out there because um, at the time, Louisiana Tech had uh, Jamar Smith, the quarterback, yeah. and it had a really good receiver, um, uh, Malik. I forgot his last name, but he played. He's now playing in the CFL, right? But he was a big-time player for them. Those are the two guys. I wanted to see because I was a big fan of Jay Marsmith, but how he played against LSU. Uh, and I was like, this guy's an underrated NFL prospect and quarterback. I get out there and both of those guys are suspended. I'm like, oh man, I came out here. But then I ended up watching two cornerbacks. Marshall had a corner uh, that ended up playing with Jacksonville Jaguars. I forgot his name. But then I'm watching LeJarius Need, who at the time was a safety. And I'm like, man, this safety is actually really covering these receivers for Marshall rather well. He's aggressive on the tight ends. He's flying up in the alley, making plays in the run game. And then we get to the combine and I talk with him there. And I was like, Hey man, I was at your game against Marshall. And he was like, yeah, you know, I, you know, I have to play, I had to play safety. I could play corner. And he said, I'm going to play, I'm going to try to work out a little bit of both. And he ends up going to the Chiefs and plays corner and plays extremely well as a rookie and so on and so forth. So, again, to your point, boots on the ground. I was there uh, to watch him in, at Marshall. You know what I'm saying? You know, how often you see someone just go out to Marshall and scout some some talent, right? So 
big big fan of Legarius Sneed's story, and he has that attitude that I like about the position. Like he is a trash talker through and through. Um, he is always drawing, no matter who's the receiver. And to your point about the depth, think about this: uh, Amenahu gets hurt at right before halftime, so he's out the second half. We didn't hear about them targeting whoever came in for Amenahu in in the run game or in the pass game, or you know, what I'm saying they didn't take advantage of that because the next guy stepped up and played well. And I tweeted this out yesterday. For the Chiefs, you know, losing Gay and having guys step in on an offensive line, at linebacker, at defensive line in the middle of a game uh, that was very tight, you did they they became assets and not liabilities, and that's the mark of true depth. That's a great team. Hey, next man up. When we saw guys not rise up to the occasion in the Lions game and for Baltimore, we saw Josh Reynolds drop two crucial passes that was integral to the game and integral integral to the 49ers coming back we saw for for the ravens how many penalties we saw from morgan moses or you know hold there or you know the the other guard uh jonah jackson i believe his name um or simpson john simpson john simpson yeah uh, you know holding call there so we saw guys kind of shrink in the moment kind of rattled like lamar panicky right having guys that are play calm and it's the mark of those that have been there, done that before. Andy Reid, that 49ers team who was getting gashed in the run game in the first half, turned it on the second half, came alive. Even Brock Purdy, you know, played horrible in the first half, played rather well in the second half. His running allowed that game to end the way it did. So you see guys that are able to rise to the occasion, and you kind of look for that in your scouting as well like okay who plays in these big moments rather well and that was one of the knocks i had on purdy in, in college because we saw him come up short a lot of times in the big 12 championship game um he had a, a crucial interception to end the game had a, a bonehead decision in one game he had a that questionable fumble or he slid you know fourth down uh he fumbled the ball and and picked it up and took a knee or something like that so he had those issues in college and now he's turn those around and become kind of money in the in the clutch part of the game where you need him to to lock in. So that's also crucial in how you look at these prospects coming from college to the pro game, who has that ability to really lock in and focus. You're feeling good about Emery's analysis, but you don't know what to eat? Make it easy on yourself. Order in on DoorDash. Now you can root for your squad or Emery's draft guide while your food and drinks are on the way that means burgers chips dips soda pizza wings so much more delivered straight to your door emory give me a couple of the highlights from the shrine practices um a guy that we saw at the hula bowl is continuing to have a great weekend david white the wide receiver from western carolina physically he looks the part and he's playing the part as well Cornelius Johnson, the wide receiver from Michigan, looks like a pro's pro. You could drop him in right now, and he looks like Amon Ross St. Brown, right? Physically, making every catch out here, showing the acceleration, all the good things that you want to see. Um, and, and there's a ton of explosiveness here. We talked about Jaden Sheridan from Monmouth. He's out here. He looks like he's he's the type of guy that has that ability to keep you on the edge of your seat because you feel like he's about to house everything. Uh, Deshaun Fenwick, the running back of Oregon State, is playing really well. Uh, he had a really good week. He just was banged up uh, yesterday. So they're bringing up Jacob Cabote from University of Louisiana, who had a really good week at the College Gridiron Showcase. Showcase himself as a receiver 
something he didn't do at Louisiana. He didn't catch the ball a lot because they didn't throw it to him a lot. But he was lining up wide uh, at the College Ground Showcase and running past safeties and flying past linebackers deep down the field. So I'm excited to see him today at practice. And on the defensive side, man, Quantes uh, Stiggers, the corner from the Toronto Argonauts, the guy that didn't play college football, went from high school to the Argonauts, CFL Rookie of the Year, and is out here balling. And keep this in mind. This man played 20 professional games this season because the Argos went through the years of 18-game season and had the playoff game and played in the Great Cup. He played all the way through and is out here at the All-Star game, 22 years old, pro player though, but didn't have college ball, so he still has a lot of room to grow despite being a pro, a pro player. Man, this dude is playing phenomenal football out here. Wow, that's crazy. I love that story. Um, what about Senior Bowl preview, Emery? You're flying there in like an hour. What, what will you be looking for this week? What should we be following along on social media and paying attention to? The quarterbacks, and here's why. Because a lot of people are going to – you know how my lists are, are all still. I don't care what people think, right? I call it how I see it. My QB3 is going to be out there, and he's going to ball out of control because it's an all-star game setting, and he has played well this past season and last year the final six games. I'm talking about Spencer Rattler. I love the way he's throwing the football, and there's going to be some howitzers out there. You got Rattler. You know we got Bazooka Joe Milton, you know, in his arm. You know, he could probably throw it from Mobile to Pensacola. You know what I'm saying? And then we're going to have uh, Penix out there with his lightning quick release. And I also like how Michael Pratt throws the ball from Tulane. He has a gun, too. So there's a lot of strong arms out there. I can't wait to see it all. Man, that is awesome. Me, too. I didn't realize that Spencer Rattler was still your QB3. That is really interesting. I can't wait till we get closer to the draft. Remember... We will go through every position here in the lead up to the draft, and we'll go through Emery's rankings of the top guys and then a personal favorite. Obviously, it is not a replacement for the draft guide. What it should do is entice you to go to footballgameplan.com slash 2024 draft guide. Be the sponsor confirmation email winner this week. Get that press pass from the Ravens Chiefs game or myfrontpagestory.com or westshorehome.com slash Ross. The keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for tuning in to College Draft. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and Fantasy Feast, all on the DraftKings Network, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform.